Welcome to the Take 6 Podcast. Hello, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Whenever you're listening to this, thank you for doing so. This is the Take 6 Podcast. We're covering all things Toronto sports, but today, specifically, we are covering the Toronto Raptors and the NBA Finals, in which the Raptors are in. I can't get over get enough of saying that. Anyways, I am your host, Hunter Surplus, and as always, with me on the other line, Mr. Callum Wise. Callum, what's going on, my man? Just getting my getting myself ready, buddy. Just something that's never happened to us before is just starting on Thursday, man. And uh, I, I'm ready. And just, I'm also not ready. It's just Yeah, just trying to get emotionally prepared is basically what I'm doing all these days. Um, so like I said, the Raptors are in the NBA Finals. And surprise, surprise, it's against the Golden State Warriors. Who would have thought? Hey, Cal, who would have thought that the Golden State? Yeah, who? who who's that? What? Um, so this year, the Golden State Warriors did not finish first in the entire NBA. They did, however, finish first in the Western Conference. They had a record of 57 and 25 this year, while the Raptors were 58 and 24. So they were one win better than the Golden State Warriors, which means they're going to win the series, of course, right? That's just how it works. Obviously what it means. That's just how it works. The Raptors also won the season series two to nothing. So they swept the Warriors, just like just like what's going to happen in this series. <laughs> They're going to sweep them. It's it's it just adds up. That's all that happens. It just adds up. Anyways, Callum, enough of the nonsense. We know that the Raptors have one of the best defenses in the NBA. In fact, they have the best defense in this playoffs, which is not something to gawk at. That is a very impressive feat. But what we also know is that the Golden State Warriors have one of if not the best offense of all time right yep so these two powerhouses on their respective sides of the court are going to be going up against each other which do you think will be more important for the raptors to win this series is it going to be that the raptors need to step up their offense which has been good but not great or do they need to just ramp up the defense and be as good as they've been all season. I'm going to have to go with the offense, man, because the defense, like you said, is the best in the playoffs, and it's just that's what's gotten to us, us to this point, like that and Kawhi Leonard, obviously. Um, this amazing defense that we have can shut down the best offense. Like they shut, it shut down the best offense in the league in the Milwaukee Bucks, and now I think it's time to to focus on that offense because there's only so much defense you can put on Golden State because like we saw against Milwaukee, we had great defense, but there was some times where they got open looks and they didn't hit those open looks, but Golden State will hit those open looks and they, they will just go on a huge run. And like, before you know it, it's 30 to 10 or it's, it's like a 30 point lead or something like that. Like you need to make sure that this, like even if our defense can't completely shut them down, we need to do stuff on the other end so that it's not a stupid run for them. So I think that Danny Green needs to step up. I think that Van Bleet needs to have another child. <laughs> um, yeah, I think just the bench needs to play as well as they did in the second like half of that uh, Milwaukee series and Kawhi obviously 
needs to play the same. I think Siakam does need to step it up a little bit in terms of offense. He hasn't been really the same since his injury. Uh, he hasn't been like crashing the net as he's used to, like or as much as he's used to. Um, so I, hopefully he'll be like 100% for this series. And maybe we'll get uh, OG back for this series. We never know. So I actually think it's the defense because you're never going to outshoot the Warriors. You're never going to outscore the Warriors if you play the way that they want to play. And the biggest thing with the Raptors this year, and especially with Kawhi Leonard, has been they're able to control the pace, especially on the defensive end. And that is where I think I'm hoping that they're going to have the advantage over this Golden State Warriors team because they're, they play at such a high pace and they run in transition so often that hopefully the Raptors are going to be able to get back and, and like they did against Milwaukee, who, like you said, had a really, really, really good offense. They'll be able to stop them at least a little bit or at least slow them down more than a lot of people are expecting. To me, like... War, so the Warriors, when held to under 105 points this season, so it's including the playoffs as well, the Warriors were 3-13. and 3-13 and 13 when held to under 105 points this season. The Raptors' opponents averaged about 108.5 points per game this season, right? And obviously, they didn't play 82 games against Golden State Warriors. They didn't play 82 games against the best offense of all time. They played a lot of their games against pretty bad Eastern Conference teams. And I don't know if that's going to translate, but to me, that's kind of where they have to go because they do have so many defensive weapons that they can use to maybe not stop these guys, but at least get them into uncomfortable positions. And even though these guys you know, are some of the best shooters of all time, uncomfortable positions don't really affect them as much as maybe you know the Chris Middletons and Eric Bledsoe's of the world but a little bit might go a long way and your point on Siakam there uh not you know not performing as well in the past series I I agree with but I do think that this is going to be a series where he does kind of it's going to be a coming out party in terms of this this playoffs because like you said ever since that you know halfway point through the Philadelphia series where he he did get injured he hasn't been exactly the same but I think most of that comes from the other team's best defender guarding him I don't know if that's certainly going to happen in this series until a guy like Kevin Durant comes back if Kevin Durant does come back and we'll talk about that a little bit later but I don't know because they're probably going to throw Draymond on Kawhi Leonard, presumably until Kevin Durant gets back. And then even then, they might still have Draymond on on Kade, uh, Kawhi. Pascal Siakam isn't going to be facing the other team's best defender. He, he was up against Giannis for most of last series. He was up against Joel Embiid for most of that Philly series. He was up against Jonathan Isaac in that series against the Magic. When he goes up against a guy who is not coveted for their defensive abilities, people are going to be like, oh my God, this guy's a superstar. This guy's going to be dropping like, I, I don't know, he's probably going to be putting up 20-something points, I'm hoping, in this series if if he needs to and if he's not getting guarded by those best guys. So a big part of the defense is rebounding. 
And most likely this Raptors team will have the edge in the rebounding category for the first time this series. I mean, this playoffs, right? They against Milwaukee, they're getting killed on the boards in Philadelphia. They were getting killed on the boards in Orlando. That series doesn't really count, but they were, they were up and down in terms of the rebounding. How important is getting the rebounding edge for this Raptors team? I'm, I can't even stress how big of a deal the, the rebounding is because when we, when we would lose those games against Philly where we got blown out or uh, the Milwaukee game, the, the second chance points, even the third chance points, because they, they would just give up so many offensive rebounds they would score so many points off those because I don't know, our defense just can't get itself back together in that short amount of time. And, but then like coming into that, like for the second half of that Milwaukee series or the four game sweep that we had, uh, because like we won in four, four games in a row, we had great rebounding through Ibaka. Gasol was rebounding. Well, Kawhi was getting a lot of rebounds. Siakam was getting a lot of rebounds and, it obviously showed like we pretty much dominated Milwaukee, the best team in the league to win in like to win four games in a row. And largely because we weren't giving up these stupid rebounds that we would always give up. Um, so I definitely think that it's a big, big deal against golden state, especially because they have players like Draymond, they have KD, they have these guys who can just, who have these hops and they have the, the rebounding ability like of not many people that we've played against so far. So I definitely think that our rebounding is going to have to stay, if not get better from what we saw in the Milwaukee series, because rebounding is so big. Like it, for, it doesn't matter what team you are rebounding is a big deal because a second chance opportunity off a missed shot is, is huge or uh, to stop that second chance opportunity on your own board is also huge, so they can't get another look. So, yeah, I think that the the rebounding has to take it up a notch, and, yeah, I hope that we can step it up. Yeah, and I think, like, obviously the Warriors aren't a massive team in terms of their size, right? Their five is most likely going to be Draymond and Kevin Looney. Their four is going to rotate between Andre Gudala and Draymond Green. Those aren't big guys. And I know, you know, Draymond Green is a very good rebounder. That's one of his, his strong suits. And one of the reasons why he is considered one of the best players in the league today is because of his all-around ability, including the rebounds. But Gasol has inches on Draymond Green. Siakam has inches on Draymond Green. Gasol is much stronger than Kevon Looney. Siakam is faster than Kevon Looney and Draymond Green. And then on top of those two guys, you have a guy like Serge Ibaka who's going to be coming off the bench, going up against whatever bench unit that the Warriors are going to throw out. And then you've got a guy like Kawhi Leonard who is a big forward who is going to go up against whoever is guarding him on the offensive end. And that is important. And especially if Draymond Green is guarding Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard likes to be around the perimeter when he is holding the ball. If Draymond Green is out there and covering Kawhi Leonard on the three-point line and chasing around Kawhi Leonard wherever he's going, 
that takes one of those big bodies out of the paint and and not in there to get these rebounds and and we're going to talk about this in a, in a minute where that's where where KD is going to come in if he does come back for this series. He's going to be the guy either covering Kawhi or the guy in the paint getting the rebound with his basically, you know, 50 foot length body, right? But I mean this is the this is obvious. Obviously the rebounds are a big part. It gives them extra possessions if they get it on the offensive end and then it ends any defensive possession and it basically assures that you got that defensive stop. But the big thing with the Warriors is, like I mentioned earlier, was they're so good in transition, and they love to run. They love the fast-paced game. They love getting out in transition. If you can get an offensive rebound, it limits them running in transition. And if you get enough offensive rebounds, they're going to have to crash the defensive glass rather than running in transition like they're used to, like they want to. And so that will be a, a interesting thing to see. And if they do make that adjustment, how the Warriors are going to be playing in a half-court offense. And obviously, they're still so good in the half-court. You know, they're just as good as anybody in the half-court in terms of their offensive abilities. But I would take that over, you know, them running in transition any day of the week. And I think that all starts on the offensive boards. And at least getting the defensive rebounds that will maybe worry the Warriors in terms of, you know what, maybe this Raptors team is actually going to get some offensive boards. Let's let's put a couple more guys down in there. And then instead of a, a three-on-two attack or a, a three-on-three attack, it'll be two-on-three or two-on-two rather than, you know, them having the extra guy up there, which could play a huge difference. So, Cal, we mentioned KD quite a bit here and kind of bearing the lead on this one. So we know that KD is not playing for game one, at least. Most people say he's probably out for game two. He is traveling with the team, so it's in play that he does play game two. But there's even some murmurs coming around the league, and, and there's rumors going around that he might not even be ready to play for the entire series. What does this mean for the Raptors, and, and how can it impact this series as a whole? So it's like it's a good and it's a bad bad thing. You know, like... Obviously, like everyone said, they're not a better team without KD because KD is one of the best players in the league, top three, probably. And But then they turn into this team where they can just dominate the shooting game. And that's like they, they handled Houston, man. Like they, they had no problem with them at all. And Houston was looking like they could pull it off. And then... I don't know. I don't know what happened. Like, they just... Maybe Houston wasn't in it. Like, there was... Apparently, some stuff happened with James Harden and Chris Paul after the game. Like, they were talking-ish to each other. And, obviously, that's going to happen. But I think that because KD's gone, it's going to, like... It's going to put pressure on the Golden State Warriors, obviously, because they have to adapt i mean back to what they were like doing before kd was there and also like this helps out like this helps toronto in their and like in terms of rushing the the basket like getting in the paint like Kawhi loves to to rush the the basket kyle lowry does siakam does and not having these big bodies here like like boogie cousins and and kd was gonna is probably gonna help us in terms of i think offense but 
defense because KD would take so many of the shots, even though like he would score like 30, 40 points depending on the night. And but now like you got Steph Curry who's just since KD's been out has been shooting like old Steph Curry. Not old Steph like like last year Steph Curry or something like like he's he's playing on like the best of his game. Like he almost broke the the playoff record for threes the like the night that KD the second game that KD was gone or something like that. Like they're gonna be it's not gonna make it easier, I don't think, but it's gonna help a little bit in terms of like the dynamic of play, uh like for rushing the basket. And I think the our defense is gonna obviously against Milwaukee they were a three point shooting team as well. Uh, but they had big men, and they had they had big men shooting threes like it was nothing. And most of the games they shot like shit. And this is not the case with the Golden State Warriors now that they're transitioned back into that three point shooting or not transitioned back because they, they were doing that with KD anyways. But to having to guard Steph and Clay and all these guys who are just going to be taking threes like it's nothing is I think it's going to be. I don't think it's going to change the series in a huge way. I disagree with you on that as well because it it does make I think it does make guarding these guys easier because you don't have to worry about some seven foot freak. But you're can, also guarding Steph Curry. Well, you're going to have to guard him anyways, right? He's going to be out there regardless. And I know, but like what I was saying is like he's not taking, he wasn't taking as many shots when. KD was on the floor and now he's doing that and he's shooting like an amazing percentage and it's Steph Curry who like it's been almost impossible to guard him no matter where he's shooting from. No, yeah, I I totally I get what you're saying, but in terms of getting out there, it is going to be a more predictable offense to guard because they don't have either KD, Clay or Steph to shoot from 3 and then Draymond and Iguodala on the inside. Now it's just going to be Steph and Clay, you know, somebody who whoever they're going to put out at that small forward spot is going to be there. And then you just have to worry about Iguodala and Draymond on the inside. And we've seen from this season that you don't really have to guard Draymond past, you know, 15, 16 feet. Iguodala isn't the biggest three point threat. Their their whole offense is now going to run through Steph Curry and Klay Thompson. So instead of having Steph Curry, Klay Thompson, and Kevin Durant to have to worry about, you just have to put your attention on two of those guys, and realistically, one of those guys in Steph Curry, who is you know probably the you know the best player on that team now. Out you know obviously Kevin Durant's up there, but like we've seen it in this past series that he has been that great, and with the Raptors length and defensive ability on a smaller guy like Steph Curry it's easier to guard than a seven foot giant who can shoot from who can bang shots from the logo basically I'm not saying it's going to be easy at all but you're not going to have Kawhi Leonard guarding KD on one end of the floor you're going to have him guarding you know maybe even he might even be roaming off of uh, he might even be roaming off of Draymond. Maybe he is going to be guarding Steph when he gets hot maybe he'll even guard Clay if, if he's hot if KD is out on the floor, you don't really have that option because he's always viable to go for 12 points in a six-minute stretch. Without him there, it it helps a little bit. 
and I totally agree with what you're saying on the defensive end. They're going to be able to get to the rim better without Katie's big body, well, not big body, long body at the rim. They're going to be able to shoot over guys who aren't seven foot tall with a massive wingspan. Just to me, on the offensive end, uh, in turn, like Golden State's offensive end, it will have more of an impact than we think. Just because, yeah, they look fantastic out there, but also the Houston Rockets haven't really had the best defense in the league. The LA Clippers haven't really had the best defense in the league these years, and they look like world beaters against them. And you can say the same thing about the Portland Trail Blazers. None of those teams have had defenses as good as this team. And obviously, they only played against the Trail Blazers and a couple games against Houston, and you saw how well they did. When you have a defense like this, when with Danny Green, who can guard anybody, with Kyle Lowry, who is a bulldog, he can guard anybody. I mean, under six foot six, basically. And then you've got guys like Pascal Siakam who can switch, Kawhi Leonard who can switch, Serge Ibaka who will be a pest on defense no matter who he's guarding. I think that without KD out there, it just helps them in terms of their versatility on the defensive end and, and being able to just not have to worry about that massive force out there on the court. Because you always have to, obviously, you always have to worry about Steph. With KD out there, you have to worry about both those guys. That's just where I'm coming from. Yeah. Yeah, I can definitely see why you say that. So we we talked about Kawhi Leonard on the defensive end there briefly. How good does Kawhi Leonard have to be to win this year? Because obviously he's having an all-time playoff run. You ask anybody on the internet, you ask any podcast, you ask anyone who watches these games – He's had an all-time playoff run. And if if you dropped somebody in here who had never watched a game of basketball in their life and didn't know anything about the league and just dropped them into Toronto or into the NBA kind of universe, whatever, and said, hey, watch every game of the playoffs and then tell me who the best player is. The answer, I would say, you know, nine times out of ten is probably going to be Kawhi Leonard. And he's having a historical playoff run. But how good does he have to be? Does he have to be better than he's been so far for the Raptors to have a chance of winning this series? I want like I I don't want to say yes to that just because like you can't I don't think you can put that much stress onto one player even though it's Kawhi Leonard because he has pretty much carried us to this NBA finals because obviously there was the people that like they were the supporting cast but he was that that guy he scored 30 points six seven plus times and just dominated the games even the games where he didn't seem like he was doing that well he would still be he'd still be putting up those numbers and i think that he has to play pretty much the exact same as he has to even give us a chance and if he can even like step like even if there's another level of Kawhi leonard man i don't even want to see it because He'll probably he'll probably kill the Golden State Warriors, <laughs> but um, yeah, like if he, I think he just has to be playing the exact same as he has been, like just in terms of his offense and defense, and then hopefully our the rest of the team can step it up. I think that's where it has to, to come in. I think the rest of the team has to step it up, and Kawhi Leonard has to be playing the exact same. Yeah, I I agree that you know Kawhi Leonard doesn't or shouldn't have to take it that extra step and you mentioned the the role guys right 
if they don't step it up, then Kawhi Leonard is going to have to take that extra kind of, I don't want to say jump forward, but extra, you know, tippy toe step forward because I don't know if he's able to take much more of an improvement in terms of his play because this is the best basketball he's played in his career. And I don't think there's any doubt about that. But like you said, the role guys have to step up. I think you probably have to get 35 to 45 points from any combo of Gasol, Ibaka, and Lowry. And then you probably need 20 to 25 from Fred Van Fleet and Danny Green. And then, you know, the rest of the lineup needs to kind of just do what they've been doing so far. Obviously, Norm Powell had a really good last year. If you can keep that up, it's fantastic. I I would like to see that kind of stuff from the bench unit so that he doesn't need to go off or go for a crazy number of points. But I think you're you're going to have to look for, you know, 30 to to 35 points from Kawhi Leonard each night, which is a lot to ask. But he's been doing that this this whole time. So how many more legendary Raptors moments is Kawhi going to have? Like, is he, by the end of this playoffs, is he going to have, like, the top five moments in Raptors history? Like, uh, each of the top five? Yeah, like, is he going to own Raptors history? Uh, man, like, one, one every game, he could own the, the top ten, man. Like... <laughs> This guy, the sky's the limit for this guy, and I, I would love it if that happened. Obviously, you and me both love, we love Vince Carter, we love Demar Derozan even more. But if Kawhi Leonard, what he's already done for this team, man, like he's, he's already cemented his legacy, and if by the, the, I think the slim chance that we can pull this off. This will probably be like one of the greatest upsets in history because Golden State Warriors are probably the best team of all time. And if the Raptors can do this, then that will just be Kawhi's legacy. He beat the best team of all time. So obviously I want it to be the Toronto Raptors beat the best team of all time, but people I don't think are even going to give us that recognition. So at least it will fall on Kawhi Leonard. I to me I think it depends on how long this series goes, right? Like yeah. you said, like it's very possible he has one per game. He already has the best shot in Raptors history. He's got one of the best posters in Raptors history when he yammed it on Giannis. I th- I think it was the best cuz it was in the playoffs. It was in yeah. it was it in meant, game a lot. 6 yeah. to win the game, man. I think it, that's just like T. Ross, Demar, all these guys like that Vince but they Come on, weren't dude, that 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 T Ross dunk on Kenneth Fareed though. That's, but it wasn't in the playoffs. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Yeah, and and that was nuts, right? Like he, I think he probably ah having the whole top five might be tough, but he'll definitely have. I think he's already got three of the top five <laughs> Raptors moments <laughs> of all much. time. So you know what? Maybe he does end up getting that. And obviously the one of those is the laugh. Yeah, and and obviously the the biggest one is going to be, you know, lifting the trophy at the end of it, right? Like, that would be the biggest moment, and nothing would trump that. And hopefully he can get it. Hopefully this Raptors team can get that. So the Raptors have consistently been saying that, even throughout this playoffs, that we're still kind of learning about playing with each other, and we're still growing as a team. Do you see any way that this team does get better and does grow even more in this series? Man, like, 
I like there's so much growing that's happened already in this playoffs, but I think there is room for more. I think that some guys need to to show up and play together better. Like like we've been talking about this whole podcast. Like there's some guys they need to step it up, and if they can step it up, then it is very possible that we can beat the Golden State Warriors. But it's gonna be tough. Like it's so hard to like, especially in such a short amount of time. But like it's it's crunch time. So hopefully these guys are professional athletes. They can do it. They're not professional athletes. They're Toronto Raptor athletes, buddy. They're the best of the best. That is very true. And I, I think it's all about consistency, right? Like hopefully with all of them being able to smell and and almost feel the the feeling of winning a championship, hopefully that will kind of get all these guys together and and more consistent and in the right state of mind to really want to win and maybe push them that extra extra bit because chances are Gasol isn't going to get close to an NBA Finals again. Chances are Kyle Lowry isn't going to get close to an NBA Finals than he is right now. This is the best chance a lot of these guys are going to get. And obviously it depends on that kind of stuff, right? But Pascal Siakam, this is kind of it will be his first chance to be a breakout player Danny Green he's been there before he knows what it's like it'll be nice to win in a different in a different place he, he can cement his place in history in two different areas Kawhi Leonard obviously will be able to to repatch the image that he kind of gained over the last year in San Antonio being you know I'm being kind of that that dickhead guy who just didn't want to play basketball he'll be able to say that all, all this was worth it and I think that that's a big thing and, and you know Serge Ibaka has been there to the NBA Finals, but never made it. And I think that's where these guys are going to be able to grow and where they're going to be able to improve because they've never been here together as a team. And this is a moment where desperation, and I hate to say that they're they're desperate, but some of these guys haven't been here before and they haven't you know, made that name for themselves, even though they've had such great careers like Marcus Gasol, right? And Serge Ibaka and Kyle Lowry. This might be the thing that kind of puts them over the edge into a different type of basketball player and a different type of career. So I, I'm hoping that these guys with all, all this in mind and all the, you know, the same goal and the same task at hand, they'll be able to get further, but who knows, right? Who knows? So lastly, Callum, before we get into our predictions, all the pressure of this series is on golden state, right? Like I said at the top, like we've said throughout this whole thing, this is one of the best offenses of all time. This is one of the best teams of all time. They're essentially expected to win this series pretty easily. And a lot of people are basically saying this isn't even going to be a series. A lot of people on ESPN, this isn't even going to be a series. Warriors in five, right? A lot of people on NBA TV, Warriors in five. Everyone in the national media outside of Canada, obviously, is saying Warriors in five. But then there's also some other guys giving the Raptors some recognition. Shout out the starters. They, you know, three out of the four of them said, Raps in six, Raps in seven. Some guys on certain podcasts are saying that the Raptors have a chance of staying in this game. You know, guys at the ringer, they're saying all this kind of stuff. Does the pressure on Golden State of everybody kind of thinking that they're going to win, does that help the Raptors in any chance to win this series? Oh, yeah, I think so, especially because they know now that they don't have their best player. They don't have that 
behemoth of a man and Boogie Cousins guarding the rim. Um, I and because they've won so many so so far and everyone's pumping them up, but they know because I've seen in the interviews they know that the Raptors are a great team. Clay said it himself like he's known since the beginning of the playoffs that it was a big possibility they faced them in the finals. Like I know, like they've all they've all given us recognition other than the the whole Drake thing, but uh, I think they're not. I think the media is underestimating us, but I don't think Golden State, like the actual team, will be thinking that this will be a blow a blowout like they did to to most of the other teams. But yeah, the pressure is definitely on them. They know that Toronto has to go in confident and. If they have any slip-ups, they need to abuse that. They need to to go for the throat in this series. Yeah, and I think, you know, the Golden State Warriors have have been here before. They're used to being the favorites. However, the Raptors were the underdog last series, and look how that played out. A lot of guys said Bucks in five after two games, Bucks in four after those first two games, and look how that ended up. Look how the Raptors managed to deal with that. Look how Kawhi managed to deal with that. He basically put the team on his back and said, you know what? Suck it, everybody. <laughs> Suck it. I'm the best player. This is what's going to happen. And, and I think hopefully that's going to play a role into this too. The Raptors, you know, always guys like Fred Van Fleet, Kyle Lowry, they love playing as the underdogs, right? They've never gone into a series when they're up, when they're the team who's supposed to win. Rarely have they gone into a series and, and performed at their best. I think it's going to be a great surprise for a lot of the a lot of the U.S. media that this Raptors team is going to be a really good team. So, Kyle, what is your prediction for this series? I've been thinking about this the whole podcast. I've been thinking <laughs> about it since we've gotten into the finals, and I'm gonna because I think you and me have both been right in our predictions so far, like for every series, we both 100%. said, we both said everything, everything we both was said wraps in five against Orlando. We both said wraps in seven against, uh, Philly. And we both said wraps in six for Milwaukee. What are you saying for against golden state, son? I'm, I'm going to say wraps in seven games. Wraps in seven, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, sir. I've got the at home. I've got the exact same thing. I've got the exact same thing. Raps in seven. Toronto is going to blow up. Toronto gonna is gonna blow, blow up. up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna blow up. Okay, for and then another prediction. Who is more likely to fight this series? Draymond and Serge Ibaka or Draymond and Drake? Gonna be all three of them. Yeah, it's just everyone just throwing elbows. It's a brawl. Just a brawl. All right, Uh, all right. Yeah, I I mean, I probably Serge and 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 Draymond just because Serge loves to fight. Man, he's a he's a fighter. Yeah, raps in seven, baby. That's it. That's what I like to hear. I've got raps in seven as well. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to. Another episode of the Take 6 podcast. As always, you can find some stuff on Take6.org. I just posted something yesterday, last night, about what the what the finals mean to the city and also to myself. Go check that out. It's pretty good. Follow us on Twitter at Take underscore 6. Follow us on Instagram at Take 6 Podcast. Like us on Facebook, Take 6.
wherever you guys listen to your podcast, wherever you're listening to right now, subscribe. Give us a rating and review if that's possible. And I just want to play out one thing quickly before we end this podcast. Yes. So that ends it. That that ends it for today. Like I said, everybody, thank you so much for listening. And you heard Lil Boom, man. That's the mood in Toronto for the rest of this playoffs.